We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Dana called me two days after the fight. He said, we want to do Dan Henderson. I was like, yep, sure. Line him up. Fred Flintstone's going to get knocked out. Captain Caveman's going to go into retirement. Oh, good. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. This week's episode of the Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know, me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen... You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? A shout out to the sponsors once again. Thank you guys for supporting the show. And talking about supporting the show, we have our first 
guest calling in. Shout out to Christian at Christian J. Lee on Twitter if you guys want to follow him. Listener of the podcast, huge supporter, always hitting us up, sharing his opinions. Definitely one of the people who made it be known, like, yo, get me on the fan appreciation show. And he was just hyped to get on here, had to talk some wrestling. So, Christian, thanks for joining us, man. Oh, glad to be here. Like you said, big fan of the show. This is this is an honor for me. No, nah, it's great to have you. Great to have you. Um, first and foremost, we're here to talk wrestling this segment. And I got a problem off top. You know, we love our listeners, all this stuff, but Christian mean you got a problem. And I'm gonna let you know uh, what the I'm gonna let you know what the problem is. When we were I'm listening, I'm listening. When we were talking, setting up the show, setting up this segment, you referred to my bay. Sasha Banks, as your bae. And it's cool, you know, we, we're good, corner club all day, we can't share bae. I just gotta let you know, like, you know, it's alright, you can look at Sasha, but, you know, I, I got dibs. I mean, I understand how you feel, but, Mikhail, I have video evidence of Sasha Banks saying she loves me, so... <laughs> you know, that might be damning. That's That's damning evidence... <laughs> But, like, see, we were probably uh, going through some stuff at that time. So, you know, she she, uh, let, she was led astray a bit. She going to come back. Just like just like we saw, you know, she lost her belt to Charlotte. She went along her way. She healed up. And then she came back this week. She got her title back. The same thing with our love. It's going to rekindle here in a second. <laughs> so, we'll see, but I can't let it go. <laughs> what do you think of the match? What do you think of the match between Sasha and Charlotte? And it main event in Raw. Well, I thought it was a just such a big thing for them to be main eventing Raw. Um, I thought the match was good. They had that match at, um, what was it, SummerSlam, I believe. And it was just kind of sloppy with them taking those high-risk moves. And this time the moves were a lot cleaner. Um, when Charlotte did that, uh, what was it, a corkscrew moonsault? Oh, that was so clean. <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. And then Sasha reversing the, the, the pinfall reversal into another bank statement. That was awesome. I, I just wondered, it's kind of weird that Sasha's won the title both times at the Raw after a pay-per-view. Yeah, it seems like they're wasting major pay-per-view opportunities. Like, if pay-per-view is supposed to be these grand stages, why is Sasha always taking the L at the pay-per-views? I'm not understanding it. They have Hell in a Cell coming up. Why couldn't she win then? Is it that pressing that, you know, she can't wait until even a Survivor Series, which is a joint pay-per-view? where you have both brands. It's the only pay-per-view that month. So maybe people are tuning out with these split pay-per-views. You never know. At least everyone sees her win it at a Survivor Series type pay-per-view. I don't understand why Raw is the spot for her to keep winning it, unless the plan is for her to just hold it, to drop it to someone else. I don't know if it's so much that she can't win it at a pay-per-view versus they don't want Charlotte losing at a pay-per-view. Because Charlotte's got the what fifteen month win streak at pay per views. They're gonna going have to on, give that up. And they... I'm tired of these random facts. The new day, four hundred some odd <laughs> day. 
We saw um, Brie or Nikki Bella break the record for women's titles for AJ Lee. They're just trying to get everyone out of the record books, and it feels forced. I- I'm telling you, someone's breaking CM Punk's record. His crown <laughs> oh, record man. of holding the belt for over a year. Um, in our our era, it's the longest someone has held a belt. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Styles or Owens break that and just shatter the record just to get his name out of there. Really? I don't I don't see them having the title on either one of them that long. Well, we have a deep roster, but SmackDown's not that deep. Who else on SmackDown can really hold the title right now? Bray Wyatt? They won't even let him win a match. <laughs> John well, Cena's a partner. Yeah, he's a part-timer, and he's going to make history whenever he wins it. But honestly, is he going to beat Ric Flair's record? Like... How many more times can Cena hold the belt? This next one is, is historic, so you're going to give it to him at a major pay-per-view. Mania, next year SummerSlam, maybe something like that. But outside of that, is he going to win it twice again in his career? Probably not. What if they save it for two years from now to make history? So the next time is probably his last time getting a title. So realistically, there's no one else on the SmackDown brand to take the, st- the belt from AJ Styles if it's not John Cena. Do you think Cena only has another year or two in him? Um, I, Cena Cena stays in shape. Cena's thirty nine. Go for another five. No, Cena's body can't. Cena's mind can't. Cena has been injured three of the last four years, and now he's on a part time schedule. So an injury really takes him out of the majority of the year if he gets injured at all. Now, so. He's had multiple surgeries on his body. He heals fast, but his body keeps breaking down. 39 years old, I believe. I think he has four years left in him. I think he only has one more title run in him. And that's the difference. I could, I could see them. I could see them putting the title on Cena two more times just to give him number 17 because he is, he is the company Ric Flair, and he's been with WWE Ooh. You know, from day one. Standalone is rough. To have him the standalone number one champion of all time. That's... I think after he, he gets some time off, heal up a little bit, they'll probably give him the title early next year. And then a couple years from now, yeah, I can see him totally getting another title another title reign somewhere in there. Oh, I, I mean, if they give him the title in the coming months, I see him getting it at Rumble. Um, setting up whoever his opponent is for WrestleMania, winning the Royal Rumble later that night. So if we have, you know, maybe Undertaker, who's not with any brand, he didn't get drafted at all. And if he comes out, surprise entrance in the Rumble, wins the Rumble, even at his age, the nostalgia, that would be incredible. Um, I would love to see Nakamura, Joe, or somebody win it, but come on, this is WWE. So... If we get get Taker winning it, and maybe we have, I I don't know, Lesnar as Raw champion and Cena as SmackDown champion, and Taker can choose who he wants to face at WrestleMania, that'd be one hell of a match. Or at least a dynamic leading into it. Like, does he get revenge on Lesnar for breaking the streak? Does he go after John Cena, a man he's never wrestled before? Which belt does he want to challenge? He's a free agent. What if he shows up on both shows? And terrorizes both of them. There's a lot well, of Undertaker's only happens. showing up at Raw. Like he's only going to show up at a Raw. I don't. I don't see him showing up at a SmackDown. If they're equal, what's but, Taker SmackDown last brand split? 
if I'm not mistaken. It was a uh, him angle. I yeah, think, I think he was, he still was like, the one that gave. Yeah, he was gave uh, John Cena the nod. Exactly, he's a, he was like American badass though. I think, but nonetheless, I think Taker was a SmackDown guy. So I, I don't know. It's, it's weird how the belts are moving. I feel like every belt, when you want to push talent, okay, the women's belt is moving, changing hands, trying to keep it fresh. Cool. I don't know who takes the belt off of Becky Lynch. I don't see anyone ready to do that on SmackDown. Maybe an Oscar call up eventually. Um, outside of that, well, I don't see well, the tag for Becky team Lynch, moving at all. I think, I think you could put the belt on Natalia. You could put that gun to put it on Nikki Bella at some point. Oh, that's very true, especially with the show. Um, so kicking off. So I, 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 I agree with that. I, I'd like to see Naomi get it. You know what? Andreas is a huge fan of Naomi, too. Um, I can't do it. I don't know why. But talent-wise, she can she can definitely carry the company or the belt for the women on that side. I just don't... I don't understand the new gimmick, really. I'm glad she got away from, like, the whole my booty's big and that's my only gimmick thing. But this Well, new that's one, still the way she fights. It's still her main weapon. It is, which is ridiculous. She needs a real finisher. Now if she goes heel, like, like Uso heel, and throws on the red rag again, and maybe like the game walks her out for WrestleMania, give her the belt. <laughs> Did you hear Mara Ronaldo call the Usos the Urban Usos? <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. That's what they are, though. Like, every, I feel like they're just banging on us every week now. <laughs> Yo, we just need Kendrick, <laughs> Kendrick to come out. Like, if we just get... <laughs> If we get Kendrick to perform Mad City when they come out, and you just get a yah, 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 yah. oh man, it's tearing the roof down at Mania. Vince McMahon needs to open the With, budget. Hey, but I like I like Gangbanger Uso more than I like, uh, you know, neon tribal war paint Usos. Yeah, so. I think anyone likes Gangbanger Uso. That's true. They did win two Slammies, so they may be popular. I know kids love the neon face paint. Super Samoan Usos. Um, I much prefer Gang Bang Uso. Oh, yeah. Although they will not be... I, I do not see them beating Slater Gator. I mean, not Slater Gator. Slater and Rhino. <laughs> Slater Gator would be an amazing name. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think they beat them because, once again, Rhino and Slater aren't a um, legit tag team. And the American Alpha are the tag team that you're setting up to take the title at one of the major pay-per-views and they have to take it from a heel faction. And since they're faces, they got to face heels and Slater isn't a heel. So the heels have to beat Slater to get the belt. So American alpha can chase. It's just when, when does Only, it happen? Well, what do we do with Slater after, after he drops the title? Nothing. Like, this does was, he feud with Rhino? No, this was his one shot. Like this was it. This was his <laughs> oh, Zack Ryder <laughs> moment. <laughs> That's such a waste, though. Zach's, you, you listen, go. he went from being IC champion to hype bro in two weeks. <laughs> Same thing for Slater. Rhino's running for, what, Congress or something? He's not in this for the long haul. <laughs> Rhino I thought it was hilarious. He says, his my can, he says, my constituents depend on me to win this. <laughs> and it's like, there are really people voting for you. On the outcome of a professional wrestling match. <laughs> Remind me never to move to your district. 
Yo, he's actually a decent politician, though. Uh, I mean, you know, in the midst of we're watching Trump and and Clinton go at it. So, I mean, Rhino, we can get worse than Rhino. We, we've seen crazier shit than that. Uh, Rhino for president needs to be next. Talking, talking about wild. Rhino 2020. <laughs> talking about wild craziness in the WWE. Uh, Survivor Series is coming up, and all signs point towards Goldberg versus Lesnar. Probably main eventing Survivor Series. People haven't cared about Survivor Series in years. So it's not like they're ruining something that is a mainstay, like Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. But do people tune into Survivor Series now if this is the headlining match? And where does it fit in? Because Goldberg's with no brand, and Lesnar is with Raw, but really doesn't do shit. I'm not really excited about this match. And I don't know if anyone really is because we're far removed from the days of Goldberg being, you know, the dominant, the dominant force that he used to be. Because how long has it been since he even wrestled? Oh, his last match might have been against Lesnar at Mania. Which was a fantastic match. Uh, (laughs) You said it, not me. Uh, no, it has to be like 13 years, I believe. It's, so Yeah, we're in 2016. His, yeah. It's rough. If that's his last match and Brock Lesnar is, you know, destroying Randy Orton and the entire Wyatt family and all of Shield and John Cena, why why am I to believe that Goldberg is going to be a threat to Brock Lesnar? Well, he's a big dude. They'll suplex each other. We might get a spear. We will get a spear. We might get a jack- jackhammer that Lesnar's going to kick out of. Because um, we've seen how Vince books people from WCW. We were all hyped to see Sting. And it's like, oh, man, Sting, him versus Triple H. We can finally see it. The match turned out to be funny and quirky, and it was pretty good. <laughs> and Sting couldn't even go over on Triple H. Triple H I was like, well, Triple H, you're in every single mania. This is the guy's first, and it happened to be last, WrestleMania. You can't let him get the win. Like, you guys are just deep down, just real stubborn. Like, that's some real asshole stuff to do. It's like, it could be the guy's only mania. And I see the same thing happening. Again, Goldberg's had to take that out. Yeah, well, at least with Triple H. Triple H is at least human. Brock Lesnar, it, I feel like if they let Goldberg get in any, any offense at all, it just kind of craps on everyone else that Brock Lesnar's beat. No, because once the music hits and the cops are at the door and the and he's coming down and then you see him breathing smoke out his nose, you're like, oh, shit. And then everyone reverts back to being however old you know you were when you were watching it. I think I was, what, 10 years old during the Goldberg run? Not to age myself in reverse. Yeah, yeah I was 10, I think. <laughs> During the Goldberg It's run. okay, I was too. Oh, so. good, good, yeah. <laughs> Old man Andreas is going to let me hear it next week from that. Uh, <laughs> but no, I was 10 during that run, so as soon as the music hits, it's just like, oh, he can do it. Like, the feeling comes back. You can't help but have Roberta go and just go back to who you were when you saw it last. And then it's crushed when you see that he's almost 50 years old. He could barely wrestle then. He's going to be horrible now, and Brock Lesnar is probably going to hurt him. <laughs> And this is super Brock Lesnar. This isn't Brock Lesnar from... They're both part-timers uh, now, so they can, they can both be on the juice. So Goldberg right now well, needs to be hitting that new cycle. 
They don't test part-timers in a wellness program. You got to hit that new cycle. <laughs> but, I mean, this is a juicing Brock Lesnar, so... Yeah, it's it, like, I don't know, it's like Super Shredder coming back. It's fine. They're both juicing. I want to see them both roided up. Just let them go at it. I want to see them shoot up before the match. Like, <laughs> like on, on before Raw, his music hit. Like, on Raw, I need to see them just, like, tourniquet on arm or, like... The guy in the back just sticking the needle right in his ass. Just boom. We're ready to go. And so I can you see, know, see him pump up three different times. Before Goldberg kicks open his door, the camera's in there watching the needle go into his ass and shoots up, kicks the door open, probably kicks it off the hinges because he's on steroids. And they proceed to march to the arena That's or to the ring. I don't even want Goldberg to stick the needle in his ass. I need Gilbert, the old <laughs> Goldberg midget, to be in there, stick the needle in his ass, camera pans to the hallway, Goldberg kicks the door through, and he's three times bigger. That's what we need. That's oh, man. <laughs> that That'll make it now, all worth it. That I would be excited to see. <laughs> we get that but at Survivor not, Series. We're selling stuff. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're going to get a guy that's almost 50 who hasn't wrestled in almost a decade and a half against <laughs> essentially a roided-up part China. I, I don't think this is going to be good. I'd rather see it now than at WrestleMania because I'm paying money to go to WrestleMania. So do it now while I can fast-forward it on my television and I'll be just fine. That's the way I'm looking at it. <laughs> and hopefully they make Survivor Series on Thanksgiving again because that was the best thing growing up. When you had a Thanksgiving night pay-per-view to look forward to after football and everything, we need those days back. I don't want to see it on a weekend. But, okay, does Survivor Series do better than whoever's playing on Thanksgiving, football-wise? No, no, but you... Uh, is there a night game now on Thanksgivings for football? Is there? If there's, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I know there's day that. games because all the time when I'm cooking, I'm watching day games. So there's two day games. If there's a night game, you can't pull it off. But if it's the two day games, they end at like 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern, then you put on the pay-per-view right after that. And people are searching for stuff to watch. So I think it's a perfect yeah. time. That's how it used to be. At least, you know, growing up, I, if there's now a night game because Thursday night football or whatever, they try to get as much money as possible. Then, yes, you have to keep it on a weekend. So, uh, I don't know. I, I want changes. I need something shaking up. Talking about a promotion that's changing, though, TNA has been going through it. They had probably their best year, what, since like 09? Since Styles, Samoa Joe, everyone was on top over the angle. So, maybe 10, 11, that was going on. They've had their best year since then with Broken Matt Hardy, uh, Jeff Hardy doing his thing. I don't like Lashley per se, but EC3 has shown that he's a young superstar in the making. They have some good talent over there, and they're leaking money. And it, WWE just bought their back catalog. So hopefully soon we're going to see every TNA, I guess, pay-per-view and weekly show on the network, which is going to be great so people can learn about Aries and Joe and AJ Styles and see them when they were in their true, I, I guess this is their prime, but when they were young and making mistakes and wild and bleeding 
and all that stuff. So we're probably going to see that. TNA says, you know, they didn't sell to the WWE. They were bought by a Smashing Pumpkin, I believe. He's going to try to rebrand it. <laughs> Is this the end of TNA, though? Like, are we seeing the end? Um, I just need to know, did they actually... Did WWE actually buy the video library? They did. They bought the library. Library is gone. So TNA has no history anymore. It looks like we're wow. going to get a new name, a new promotion, still on Pop TV. They're going to try to repackage everything, but they have no history. The WWE owns the history of TNA, which is good because they own probably their most talented wrestlers of all time. But it sucks for the overall professional wrestling. Because yeah. now, once again, WWE has pretty much a stranglehold on everything. Yeah, Lucha Underground has to continue doing what they're doing. They have a really good promotion. Um, if people aren't watching Lucha Underground, they're kind of losing out. I know it's a lot of wrestling already, but uh, you can go back. You can watch it online. I believe it's on Apple. Like, if you go to iTunes and stuff, you can find it on there. Watch it on your laptops or on your TVs. It's great quality. Uh, hopefully, Prince Puma. Or Ricochet comes to WWE soon, so everyone can get to see his work. But they have talent over in Lucha Underground. ROH is always great. We always go when they come here to Vegas. Always a fun show. A lot of the champions now came through ROH. Uh, Two major champions, definitely, and Seth Rollins. So those promotions are going to keep going. But the WWE is what the WWE is. They're the juggernaut. They're the NFL. They're the NBA. There are no seconds. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to be better if they if they if they control most of it. Like you said, there's Lucha Underground and ROH and you know, if you feel like looking up New Japan, but and it's not like I was watching TNA seriously anyway, so I'm not really losing anything from No, it, no but. one was. Final Deletion was the first <laughs> TNA match I watched in a smooth decade. <laughs> I'll watch from time to time and then last time I saw Lashley had all of the belts and I couldn't take it seriously anymore so like well they're being TNA again <laughs> so no thankfully he dropped would, some of the belts I still don't know how but Matt Hardy <laughs> hold everything just give him his own belt he's, he's wrestler of the year right now I would have never thought that Matt Hardy would be the wrestler to be carrying a company. I I would definitely have went with Jeff. But broken (laughs) Matt Hardy is, you know, one-third Sherlock Holmes novel, one-third sci-fi, another third just pure crazy shit just wrapped into one, and I can't look away. (laughs) It's incredible. Like, the accent... Senor Benjamin, his hot-ass wife. Like, there's just so many different... Oh, yeah. There's a dilapidated boat. There's just so many key <laughs> key things to their pay-per-views. It's amazing. I love how he goes from, you know, insane to lobotomy patient in, like, mid-sentence, where he just starts staring at the screen, drooling a little bit, and then goes right back into his, his crazy rant. It's great. You know, Jeff Hardy, Brother Nero, it, it's so amazing. Like, he blurred the entire line of scripted and fantasy, and he brought it to real life, filming it in his yard and Jeff's yard, and calling Jeff by his real name, Nero, and all that stuff, but then went to complete opposite spectrum 
and had a drone and, <laughs> uh, you know, lighting shit on fire. It's it's so crazy. It's it's so real, but yet so fake that your senses are just overloaded. It's it's so hard to explain, but it's great. And if that was in the WWE, the merch sales would have been crazy. It would have been revolutionary. But the WWE is never first on taking these chances. And somehow TNA had the best thing in wrestling, the best gimmick in wrestling probably the past five years, and went bankrupt with it. I'll never understand. Well, they were already going bankrupt, so... So they just continued the wait. <laughs> it, that's that that maybe staved it off for uh, maybe a month or two, but no, TNA was well on its way to being bankrupt anyway. So that's a shame. So with TNA going under, it looks like in the near future, um, the other promotions doing okay, but the WWE is the juggernaut now, and they're going. We saw with the Cruiserweight Classic taking people from across the world trying to sign them. Um, NXT has been doing it for years now raiding the independent scene like Vince raided the territories in the 80s. If you had the choice, which five wrestlers, give or take, do you want to see signed with the WWE coming up between probably now and Mania? Who's on your wish list? Okay. uh, Now, this is also assuming that they're going to be used correctly. Correct. Um, I mean, let's shed a quick tear for Apollo Crews. All right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> we want them to be more AJ Styles than Apollo Crews. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Uh, Jay Lethal. All right. No, no struggle. Young Bucks. <laughs> Maybe grow his hair back out and then <laughs> join the WWE. How does but, he cut uh, a promo with the lisp? I, it's still crazy. <laughs> I. Okay, I saw a video today of him imitating Ric Flair and then looked away and I didn't know who was who. Was who. Oh, yeah. No, he's incredible with imitations. Hopefully they don't give him that gimmick <laughs> again. I think that was TNA, Jay Lethal. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who else is out there? The Young Bucks. Prince Puma. Oh, I'm sorry. Ricochet. Um, Moose and... All right, do the Young Bucks count as two or one? One, and shout out to Moose, friend of the podcast, NTNA, killing it. Hopefully, this leads to WWE signing him in the next year or so. And, I mean, to finish off the ECW, I mean, not ECW, the TNA thing, EC3. Yes, bring him back. He he started NXT, bring him back, let it come full circle. He Now he has a gimmick, now he has a look. This is the guy that they thought would be one of the faces of the company. This is everything they want Roman Reigns to be. And (laughs) on the real, like EC3 and Roman Reigns were both in NXT, all this stuff, similar paths. They cut EC3, Roman Reigns somehow gets this mega push, and he can't say two words. EC3 is just incredible in every way. Roman is not. It's time for the kid to come back. Um, No, that's great, though. Thanks for It was an amazing segment. Went by in a blink talking wrestling. Thanks for coming through once again. Make sure you plug everything. Let people know where to find you. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Christian J. Lee. Um, I do a little podcast with a couple buddies of mine. Shout outs to Smalls and Bud. Um, it's called The Fight Gamers Wrestling Show. You can find that at Fight Gamers. Um, got a lot of content coming out from the WWE 2K17 release, so actually we have videos out from that. 
And I mean, that's about it. Nah, great. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, I'm going to have to come on the podcast, chop it up with you guys one day. Come hey, sit down, talk wrestling and everything. Hey, what, whenever I'm you on get it. a chance, Small said he would love to talk boxing with you. He said he turns into Stephen A. Smith. So <laughs> tell him it's on. And uh, for the record, I am not Kel Bayless, as uh, Andres Hale has said several times on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thanks for joining us. Uh, you guys stay right there. We're bringing in our next guest. Listen up, because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people. Now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we get to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. And if you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like. And then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, our next guest joining me on the Fan Appreciation Show is Sean, a.k.a. Boom Bap Dad, who's been listening forever. He's always giving us his input, always hitting us up. It's just a good year and a half of support, man. It's great finally talking to people who've been here almost since the beginning. So it is great to just see him come through and show love to the show. So, Sean, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. I'm, I'm appreciative of uh, getting the invite. Very happy. Very yeah, happy. man. It's my first podcast, so I'm, uh, I'm a little nervous. Hopefully I don't uh, embarrass uh, the corner fans out there. So, uh, you know, let's do it. Nah, it's going to be strong. It's going to be strong. Um, for everyone listening, Sean is taking time out to join me, even though he's in the airport, headed to a bachelor yes. party in in Spain. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, Portugal. it's in Portugal, and I wouldn't say it's a bachelor party. Let's just say it's a guys get together to conference, fellowship, catch up, that kind of thing. So I wouldn't call it a bachelor party. It's just kind of like a get together. Okay, we're going so, to Portugal. Yeah, cool, cool. Just in case your ladies listening, it's not a bachelor party. That's fine. <laughs> it's just a guy's trip. Uh, air yes, quotes, is, no sir. problem. <laughs> yeah, we'll cover yes, all the yes, bases. Yes. You're not here to get in yes, trouble. I got, I got through, I got through customs, so you know, I'm, I'm just about clear. So you know, I can't get tripped up as I'm, I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> nah, good, good. Um, you know, recently we've been talking about all of the stuff with Kaepernick and the protests and everything. And I know you've always hit us up on Twitter. You shared your thoughts and you have a unique perspective because you're yeah. in education, an administrator. You see that now these schools are protesting or taking a knee and seeing how people are coming out 
kind of against the students as well. And yeah. it's an odd place for, you know, administrators to be in. You get to see both sides. How is it affecting you on your day-to-day? So I, I just, um, it's always interesting when I watch the news and I uh, see, like, these, you know, kids getting in trouble or the way that uh, situations are handled. And I'm looking at my brethren. I'm like, are they serious? Are they, <laughs> are, are, are they really thinking when they're doing some of these things? And, um, you know, here's the thing with, with Colin Kaepernick. Whether you agree with him or not, um, you have to respect the fact that uh, he's, you know, following his constitutional right, you know, um, and he's doing it in a nonviolent manner. And, uh, you know, for kids to follow suit, you know, we have a Supreme Court case that allows kids to um, to also express themselves as long as it's not, you know, um, disruptive to the school environment uh, and not, you know, doing anything, you know, abrasive or what have you. So, uh, you know, kids are doing it. You know, my thing would be, you know, if I had a son or daughter, you know, I have a daughter, but, you know, they're of that age and they say, you know, they want to do it. My only thing would be like, just tell me why you're doing it. Explain why you're doing it, not just because you're trying to be cool. And if they can do that, then I'm all good with it. Now, if said administrator at that school wants to suspend my kids, then I got a problem. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's furniture moving. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, based on what? What did, what did, you know, what did she do? You know, um, she didn't bother anybody. She took a knee. She was very quiet. Um, so I'm not understanding why, you know, she got suspended. And, uh, yeah, I have a major problem with that. And the other piece is um, just the fact that, you know, pe- you know, people are making death threats on kids. You know, I-, I mean, you know, it just brings it back to why people are protesting in the first place. Like people, you know, just the way they're approaching this thing is just kind of indicative of, you know, everything that's just kind of going on. It's like the world is topsy-turvy right now. Yeah, it's a microcosm of what's happening, and they don't even understand mm-hmm. that when they take it from a national conversation and even make it local with these schools, and then they attack them. And it's just like, this is why those kids need to take a knee as well. It's because yes. you they don't have the Kaepernick problems of the world, or they might not have the same problems as other places, like a Ferguson or anything like that, but they have their own problems that they're dealing with, and these people are highlighting those problems. So it's always funny to watch you know, that. Yeah, I mean, the kids, um, you know, they deal with uh, racism and injustice in a different way. You know, it's not like uh, Ruby Bridges or, you know, Little Rock or anything like that where they got dogs out front and water hoses or anything. But, you know, it's um, just like the, 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 uh, um, the disproportionate amount of kids. I mean, uh, African-Americans were pulled over and stopped and frisked and so forth. I mean, you have the same thing that happens in schools with kids who are being suspended, kids who are being written up, so forth. Um, you know, it, I always like to use the example of, you know, if you, if you, I'm in the airport right now, right? And if it's a young group of black girls and they're, quote, unquote, being loud and, you know, what have you, you might have some people like, oh, they're being ghetto and rolling their eyes or what have you. But if you, on the flip side, if you have a group of, you know, young white girls or what have you, it's they're being exuberant, they're being excited, they're being cheerful or what have you. And so people don't even realize some of the lenses that they're looking at things. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things that kids are dealing with, um, that, you know, they're highlighting. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of our listeners listened to an episode we had not too long ago, but I said I coach high school football. It's something I love doing in my off time when I'm not writing or covering sports. And it's crazy because I see that same thing happening. Like, the kids who don't have a strong family base at home get suspended because there's no one to speak up for them. And it just so happens mm-hmm. to be in our school that a lot of the black kids don't have two-parent households. They don't have, mm-hmm. you know, a mom that can come down and take time off of work and talk to the principal or administrator who's wrongfully suspending their kid. So those kids mm-hmm. miss out on school, miss out on education. They get the short end of the stick when maybe a kid who has two parents at home, great meals, you know, one parent to stay at home mom or something, they get in trouble. That parent comes and complains. That kid's in school the next day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily like the two-parent household versus the one-parent. I think it's more so. Or just the support system the educa- in general. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's also just knowing, you know, what the system is. And sometimes I'll sit in meetings and – you know, I have people who are sitting there saying X, Y, and Z, and you can see that that particular parent doesn't understand what's going on. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to talk down to them, but you need to make sure that you relate it and explain in a way that a person can understand you know, what's going on. And sometimes people just start talking fast and, you know, next thing you know, the kid is suspended and the person is like, okay, I, well, I guess my kid did X, Y, and Z rather than ask the probing questions around, Hey, why is it? Did you follow due process? Um, you know, how many witnesses? Those kind of things. So, yeah. No, definitely. Um, transitioning this to the world of you know pro wrestling, MMA. We haven't seen anyone really take a stand. There's a couple MMA guys who have spoken out previously on these crimes that are going on, and just you know, Black Lives Matter stuff of that nature. But recently, since the Kaepernick. Uh, protests. We haven't seen anyone really take a stance. Boxing, MMA, yeah, or pro yeah. wrestling. Why are these three genres you think uh, kind of last on the horizon? Um, because those three don't have unions. <laughs> they got more to lose. They're you know what is the independent contractors. Um, you know Dana White can hire and fire someone. Uh, without much retribution, you can say, oh, this person lost X number of fights. So, you know, I'm not, you know, he's fired. Tyrone Wheatley, you know, we wanted him to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and he said he wanted to fight Nate Diaz, so he's out. You know, when maybe he had, he said, oh, you know, this is unfair. So, you know, in boxing, I mean, you got Vince McMahon, who is like, the Wizard of Oz. I mean, he is the all-controlling, all-seeing. You saw what he did to um, Titus O'Neil for a hug. Titus O'Neil, yeah. (laughs) So, and we know that the the McMahons are known contributors um, to the Republican Party, uh, very conservative. Not saying that that connotates that they're automatically, um, you know, going to speak out on those kind of, you know, they're going to chastise someone for speaking out on those things. But they're probably going to raise an eye or there might be some retribution if you say something that goes against their um, political affiliation, you know? So when you might say Black Lives Matter and they're like, what are you talking about Black Lives Matter? All lives matter, you know? And what about what's going on in Chicago? Nobody's saying anything about going there. You know, they go to the, the, the their go-to moves, the red hearings that you, you know, uh, to try to, to explain away, you know, the injustices that are going on, so... It's weird because taking like an entity like the WWE, we obviously know there's not many black champions. We don't know when we're going to see mm-hmm. new black champions outside of the New Day. 
who made the most out of their horrible gimmick that they were given. It won't. It, it won't be Apollo. Uh, what they call him? Apollo Creed. Apollo. <laughs> Creed. Oh man, Apollo Cruz ain't yeah. even his name no more. Apollo Creed. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, Apollo. It's, Apollo Jobber. <laughs> it, it's rough right now, you know, to be a black athlete in the WWE, mm. but. You have to start wondering, like, when are these guys going to get frustrated, not even with their push, but with the lack of social awareness? We see Connor's Cure, which is great, mm. and is pushing the agenda for cancer. We just saw them on Monday Night Raw this week honor three women who beat breast cancer, because it's Breast Cancer Awareness mm-hmm. Month. And they gave them titles mm-hmm. and bought that out, which is great as well. That affects everyone in the WWE. But Black Lives Matter and these movements affect their fan base as well. And it seems like, mm-hmm. you know, if there's not a month for it, if there's not a day for it, mm-hmm. they're not pushing the agenda. And these athletes aren't pushing for them to push for it. There were all, all breast cancer ribbon shirts yesterday, which is perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But I, it should be a matter of time until they say, you know what? These people are dying in the streets. We need a shirt for them. And we need to wear this on Monday Night Raw. Well, you got to also remember, um, WWE is a publicly tra- uh, traded company. And a lot of that stuff plays well in the media. Um, and they're not going to do anything that is going to cause, you know, one of their corporate sponsors to say, hey, why are you cause, you know, why are you causing all of this, uh, stirring up all this kind of, you know, news? Um, just keep everything plain and vanilla and, you know, we can continue this partnership. So no matter how right one may see, the cause, they're not going to do anything to upset the status quo. And, you know, once again, it's all about the, the, the mighty dollar. It ain't about black. It ain't about white. It's about green. And that's what they're going to push. Yeah, the PG era stretches so far because best believe if this was the 90s, the nation of domination would have been talking about it. They would have been out in full <laughs> Black Lives Matter tea and all that stuff. But, yeah, you're yeah, so right. Pro- <laughs> and and and, tri- and Triple H would have been probably doing a, a promo in blackface yes. against it. Yeah, I mean we <laughs> we've seen how that goes before. Um, yeah, yeah. On a lighter note, though, the WWE also one of their most recent partnerships have been with Puff Daddy and Bad Boy, and there's a Bad Boy mm-hmm. tour going on, and he did the entire music for the video game that's coming out. Um, you went to the Bad Boy concert, the reunion concert. Yes, I. Yes, I did. Um, I was lucky. Um, one of my friends got us uh, tickets in the suite, and um, ball, you know, <laughs> nah, man, I, I'm in education. Remember, <laughs> um, and it was it was crazy. I mean, I, I went to college. I went to Hampton University, and uh, I was in that era, the tunnel, Palladium, um, that whole height of the bad boy era, and it was like. Everybody in there, you know, the girls who are now lawyers and doctors got reverted back to chicken heads. The guys <laughs> who thought they were a little wannabe thug, you know, the guys who are now, uh, you know, owning businesses, you know, having two or three kids, whatever, paid, you know, are now reverting back to when they were a little wannabe thugs. It was just funny. It was just everybody was just rocking and you don't really remember how many hits puff daddy had. Cause there was like stuff he just left on the table, you know? Uh, and it was, a, it was a great show. Um, you know, I know in my timelines, everybody who went, 
You know, they're like, oh, man, you know, they going back. They got Black Rob. They got 112. They got, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm sitting there doing my little Puff Daddy dance. And it, 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 Yo, it was great. you should have rocked the shiny suit, though. It wasn't a quiz I, without the shiny suit. Yeah, funny, funny you say that. So um, I had lost a lot of weight. And I used to have a real black and gold Versace shirt. And I still had it. And I was going to wear it with some black flags. But it was like a double XL, and now I wear a medium, so I couldn't do it. But uh, I would have done it. I would have done it. I would have wore the, the old school Versace shirt up in there. Congrats, by the way, because you know I follow you on Instagram, and your pictures mm-hmm. with, with the luxurious beard, looking like Demetrius <laughs> Mighty Mouse Johnson. Um, <laughs> like you're just the weight loss. Like looking at your before and after pictures, it's incredible. You can step in the octagon right now. Like you are just <laughs> yeah, get- fit and trim. Yeah, and get my ass kicked That's unless right. I you fight CM Punk. Unless I fight CM Punk, otherwise I'm getting my ass kicked. So <laughs> you do all right. Uh, now the Bad Boy reunion tour, like you were saying, is dope. Every city having surprise guests is really cool, and something that yeah. I like. Talk about UFC. Yeah, DMX. Oh, who was your surprise Sorry. guest? No, go ahead. Well, DMX. DMX came out. Um, they yeah, he came out. I guess they you know pulled him out the crack house. And he did his thing. I, I mean, you forget, once again, DMX, how many hits he had. And he had the crowd going crazy. So um, I don't know if they're going to Vegas yet, but if they do, I definitely recommend, you know, hitting it up. Yeah, they were in Vegas on Saturday. Okay. So I missed it because I went to WWE. But okay. <laughs> them and WWE are here the same night. LA has a couple of shows. I might drive out there in the next couple of yes. days to hit up one of LA shows. Um, yeah, Wow, it's a concert. Me, I grew up in the Bad Boy era, like you said. So I was there throughout the entire process. I remember Uptown Records. My godfather was an A&R at Uptown. So I remember those days. Oh, you want to you wanna, you wanna say small world? My dad um, was a manager and worked with all of those, uh, like all those groups in the Jack Swing era. Guy, Rex in Effect, um, Blackstreet, all of them. In fact, he is um he is actually in a number of guy videos see i was the little kid in all the videos growing up like i was the one running around the offices downtown you know running into andre harrell's office just throwing stuff on the floor trying to play hide and seek like i was that little kid in new york so i mean i grew up through that entire era i saw bad boy being created i remember running Mm -hmm. in to mary J before she was signed when they just bought Mm -hmm. her from yonkers like, I, I remember all of these things, so to see everyone come back, um, yeah. I remember one day, Heavy D flew me around like Superman, the entire offices. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember those yeah. days, so it, it's crazy to yeah. go back and revisit that, and that's something that I definitely have to do on this tour. Definitely, definitely. Um, definitely. Before we get out of here, though, we were talking UFC a little bit, uh, with your you know good chance at beating CM Punk, but to tie mm-hmm. it into the bad boy theme... UFC 205 is coming up. Connor's headlining it, of course. It has some of my favorite entrances in yeah. that UFC 205. Frankie Edgar, when his drops, kicking the door, is going to be incredible in New York. Uh, McGregor mm-hmm. with Notorious in NYC. What are some of your favorite entrances in the UFC? Like, if we had to put you on the spot, top five, you do a quick okay, pound list. Who would you put okay, in the I'll... top five? Now, I'm going to do it if you do it. All right. You got some? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I would say I'm going to have to give an honorable mention to Shook Ones. 
by Mavdi. Uh and then Welcome to the Terradome, Public Enemy. All right. Uh New York State of Mind, Nas. Uh now here's an obscure one. Young Gifted and Black by Jay Z. It was on the S. Carter collection. <laughs> um he he comes in and says, I'm America's worst nightmare, young black and holding my nuts like, yeah. I'm like <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, that just talking shit. Uh Can't Tell Me Nothing, uh by uh Kanye. And then my number one, um, and I actually when my we got married and they announced Mr. and Mrs. Frank, this is what I played. Anti Up by M O P. Ooh, tough. Yeah, yeah. If, if you hear them the MOP coming in, you know, I like that's pandemonium guaranteed. Oh yeah, no, you can't deny that. Um, so man, here, what you got? What you got? All right, let's see. If I had to create an entrance song, it's tough because five would put me in a pretty tough spot. Um, but I'll go down my list real quick. Off top of my head, I'll go Dynasty intro by Jay Z. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, that'd okay. be one Onyx Slam. Okay. That'd be another. I'd have to go More Money, More Problems. And that's okay. like if I win a couple fight and I'm just feeling luxurious, I have to come out on my Conor McGregor swag. <laughs> uh, victory. But not oh, yes. Biggie Victory, Lloyd Banks Victory from the mixtapes in like 2002. Ooh. Banks Ooh, victory you're trying with, to go yo, with 50 Cent doing the intro where Puff was. Ooh, That's what I would come okay. out to. Or Okay, I see where you're going. Or 100% by Big Pun. Just because okay. to show love to my Puerto Rican side, I'd have to drop that. And when it just comes in, it'd be like, Puerto Rico. And then, <laughs> Tomo Ma. And then the beat drops, woo, I'd be hyped. All my Puerto Ricans okay. in NYC. That'd okay. be like my, yeah, my you... June Puerto Rican Day parade entrance to the octagon yes yes that that that's the equivalent if you, you say that in new york that's like uh the irish getting hype for uh connor exactly it, it's gonna get crazy i would yes. bring tony sunshine and sit him on the platform like he was sinead o'connor with his terror squad <laughs> chain on so if i had oh, to do nah. the mashup i would do that with tony sunshine on the platform and then have remy ma and fat joe walk me out rhyming Okay. Okay. Boom. I, That's the, the that high was, price. They don't have to break the budget. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Man, you you pulled you pulled some that that Lloyd Banks one. That that was uh that was a good one. That's vintage G unit. Yeah. So, uh, that that's yeah, real. That, when you got to go to the mixtape days to get your entrance music. Yeah. Not not the power version of Fifty Cent. Like you know. No, the 50 no. Cent was 50 Cent. <laughs> nah, this is Ghetto Quran 50 Cent. Like, back in the day yeah. when he was getting pre indicted 50, 50 Cent. G-Unit is the future. That's exactly. 50 Cent. That 50 Cent. Yeah. Or you had to go to a barbershop yeah. to cop the mixtape. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, we used to, I used to go to Harlem Music Hut. That's where I used to get my, <laughs> my mixtapes. So, uh, shout out everybody uptown, South Bronx, stand up. Of so, course, uh, of course. Now, yes. I'd like to thank so you I'm, for taking time out, though, in the middle of... That crazy airport going through customs all extra fast. Hope you know. I was yeah. just hoping. I was like, man, I hope they just know he's trying to do the show and not running through with something. Yeah, like you know, I was, to stop and tackle you. <laughs> I was going to hop over luggage. You know, run through the airport if I had to, and just find somewhere to stop and talk to you. I'm a huge fan. Um, 
you know, I remember a year and a half ago hearing your show was like a perfect combination of things that I'm into. Uh, you and Andreas, um, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk to me. Thanks Hopefully so much. we can do it again down the road. Just of let course. me know. Of course, of course. Anytime. Thank you for joining us once again. Everybody else, stay tuned. We're bringing another guest in right after the break. We'll talk more hip-hop combat sports for you. So quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper Mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the Great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online, and it's completely risk-free. Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real. What's up, everybody? Thanks for staying tuned. Thanks to all the sponsors. Once again, Casper Mattresses. Make sure you guys fill out that survey that you heard earlier. It's huge for the podcast. Andreas will be back next week from his quick little hiatus. We're going to be giving you the show like normal, going back and forth. Give him some goddammit Andreas moments. I know it doesn't sound the same, but we're going to make it. We're going to make it a thing at the end of this year. But we're bringing in our next guest right now, my main man, Tan. Tan, what's up? Thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me on. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, I love doing these fan appreciation shows. Everyone's been great so far. I know you will do the same. And we're starting off with boxing, which is great because it's been you know a while since we've been able to really dive into some boxing. We finally had some good fights the past month, and it looks like we're going to get a couple more good fights coming up. So it's dope that yeah, we can looks- sit down and talk about it. Yeah, it looks like December and November is going to be a great month with uh, HBO being able to uh, pick up a lot more fights with uh, Canelo um, being out with injuries. So they'll have a lot of money to uh, spread out to other fights. Talking about fights, one fighter that's been in the news, Tyson Fury. We thought that was one fight we're going to see. We thought we were going to see him and Klitschko or him and Joshua, anything at that point. And then to see that he's battling with cocaine it doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon, if all. Um, what are your thoughts on Tyson Fury and kind of where it leaves the heavyweight division? Well, Tyson Fury came off a big win last year. He he won three titles, and ever since then, it's been downhill. Uh, him losing, him having to vacate one of his titles um, because because he he was due to fight um, Vladimir Glasov for the IBF. Because he was his number one uh, mandatory, and once he gave that up, 
uh, because it wasn't a big fight. Uh, now all the titles are starting to split. Uh, he, he's just dragging, he's just dragging things a lot, uh, further and further with all these, uh, delays and setbacks because we were supposed to get Klitschko two in May and then push back to October. Now everything's going to get, uh, split up even further and it's going to make the, uh, the heavyweight title mix picture, uh, much more spread out. Do you th- yeah, that's crazy because he really single-handedly has held up the heavyweight division. Do you think it's just time to strip him of the titles, figuring it's something like substance abuse, strip him of the titles and just have Joshua and Klitschko go at it? Because if Anthony Joshua is what everyone thinks he is and Klitschko is on the decline, or if we saw what we saw you know, in, in the first fight against, I mean, excuse me, in his last fight where he took the L, to Tyson Fury, if we saw if we see that Klitsch go again, he's getting knocked out by an Anthony Joshua. Do you think that this is the fight that needs to be made, or do you want to see a guy like Wilder challenge Joshua already, or Wilder versus Klitsch go? Where where do you want to see the heavyweight division go? Well, I wouldn't mind seeing a Klitsch uh, Joshua fight because that that even though people say that uh, Klitsch goes washed, I, I I still think he has a little left. And it's a, it's it would be uh, um, Joshua's biggest test to date, it, guaranteed. It'd be better than any any uh, opponent of Wilder face today as well. And um, but I don't I don't see I don't see it just being two uh, two title holders. I think like the the WBC is by Wilder, and he's going to be out for a, a significant uh, amount of time with his hand injury. So they're already trying to schedule a, a, a interim title for uh, his WBC with uh, Pavekin and uh, Severn. And when, when Wadler comes back, he's going to be mandatory for, he's going to be the mandatory for one of those titles. Uh, the, the IBF is Joshua's. Um, he's supposed to fight Joshua Parker or um, Joshua Park, Parker. Uh, um, the New Zealand, uh, Heavyweight, yeah, and um, now I thought, now I'm thinking that Parker's going to be going a different uh, a different route now. Either the WBO once the once the WBO vacates, uh, uh, strips the theory of his titles of his title, which is and smart. Then the, yeah, yeah, but then with the WBA, uh, the WBA it's gonna. I don't know what the WBA is because they they originally had that tournament going on with um <laughs> with Fury, uh, Luis Ortiz, Klitschko, yeah. and uh, Fred Oquendo, and I don't remember who else was in there and Yusinov. Well, well, what, what's going on there? They they don't really have a true like Champion. they don't have a real great setup yeah. with the WBA. I, I think the WBA is like one of the worst because they they should be. That having mandatory, he should have never even had those that those regular titles with like, with um like Danny Jacobs versus Triple G, which I'm still praying that happens December 10th, but uh, we don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> so now that now all the heavyweight titles are going to be more split up than than when uh, when Klitschko had all th- like three of the four titles, and the other title was held by his brother for for a very long time. 
So the heavyweight division, like you, you know, you definitely said it. It's going to be up in limbo because we have one of the biggest stars injured with a hand. We have another star fighting, you know, trying to get his life together after substance abuse. We have Klitschko, yeah. who people say is on the decline. How much is he worth? And will he even travel outside of Russia to take these major fights? That's the next hurdle. Well, because right now Joshua is the A side. Is he going to O2 in London to fight Joshua? Maybe he's stubborn. Maybe he still would like Joshua to go there, even though Joshua is a champion. So there's so many just a revolving door at heavyweight. But waiting for that to well, figure itself out, we have Ward versus Kovalev. And that's coming up. And honestly, it's for, what, the number one pound for pound in the world? Uh, and- some would say. I don't really take pound for pound too much too much for too much because a lot of people have different criteria. It's just people's own opinion, but they are, I would, they are two of the top, top fighters in the world. Definitely. You would, I'm, where would you, not to put you under the gun, but that you, I'm assuming they'd both be in your top five. Yeah. Current fighters. For sure. So it's the first time, first time we're seeing two top five fighters in the ring together since, I, I can't remember the last time. Because Pacquiao, to me, wasn't a top-five fighter when he fought Mayweather. No. So, it it's rough. I can't think of the last time we had two legit top-five fighters face off. No, I, I can't. I, I've only been a, a big uh, boxing fan for since about 2012. So, I, I, don't, I, I don't really go back too far. Yeah, it's not. So I, I wouldn't it, remember. It hasn't happened often. I'll tell you that much. No. So, it's... It's a fight that I feel like should be getting more hype. Granted, it's, you know, six weeks away. But it it feels like a fight that, if anything's to be deemed a mega fight or a super fight, this was supposed to be it. It's kind of falling a little flat. Andre Ward isn't, you know, the hype machine that Andre Ward once was. Uh, You know, taking a hiatus like he did really hurt him in terms of selling potential. And then Kovalev, people are still just up in the air. They don't know who he is. They know that he knocks people out. He has amazing power. But a fight against Bernard Hopkins was probably his biggest fight to date. So it's rough to kind of sell these two guys. What end are you on? Are you overly excited just because you know the skill of these fighters? Or are you just kind of like, oh, okay, it's there? I know that they're really good, but like, it's to the casuals, it's going to be harder to sell because none of these both of them aren't 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 huge aren't hugely promoted. I mean, yes, they're um, Ward is promoted by Rock Nation, but they're not like they're not they're not put, putting him out there to to pr- promote the fight. It's unlike like, like the UFC, like they're 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 everywhere. They're they're you you see them everywhere with like boxing. The, the promotion's horrible. You're you're they're just trying to rely on names, and it's. It, you can't really sell that. It's, it's too difficult unless unless you put yourself out there, which a lot of, a lot of them don't. And it's especially if you're fighting to somebody like like Kovalev who and like somebody like Triple G. It's it's hard to like it's hard to like promote them because they're not the best at speaking English, you know. So no, it's it's definitely I, I hope uphill it, battle. I hope it does well. No, yeah. I mean, if it does well, we know people are tuning in for the boxing. If it doesn't, we know we live in a world where the Conor McGregor's will always dominate. 
because you need to be able to talk and sell before you can do anything else. We saw Floyd Mayweather. People complained about how boring Floyd was or his fighting style was, but they bought the fight every time because he talked them into it. So yeah, it, it's, it's sure. an interesting time um, to live in. Talking about Triple G a little bit, though, do you think we ever see him versus Canelo? And if you do, do you think you know it's anytime soon? Uh, that's that's I don't know. I think that's tough to to say. I, I'm hoping it does happen next year, next next September. But I I I, I see that Canelo's the, the star, but like the offer that they they gave, like the ten million. I don't I don't think that I don't think that everybody says that that Canelo or uh, Triple G should take the ten million. Why? Uh, why? Because because they say he should. The ten million is 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 like nothing to to them because realistically they're gonna the pay per view should do much more than make net like ten million dollars. So I don't know why there should not be a revenue split between it. Yes, so I, I, that's what I see. But I, I I hope that happens next year. But I could see Canelo's team waiting it out until until he gets older and much slower than than he is. That's the key. Uh, you know, that was always been my point. Like, they always got that from Mayweather. Mayweather fought the best of his generation in his weight class. People can't deny that. But he never fought them in his prime or in their yeah. prime. He always waited. Either they were too young, like a Canelo Alvarez, to really know what they were doing, or they were too old and washed, like an Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. And, you know, Ortiz and all these guys. Like, it's he caught them at the right time. And that's what's key. And I think that's what Canelo or mostly De La Hoya learned from Mayweather. Because so, I think if it was up to Canelo, he'd fight Triple G you know, tomorrow if he could. He'd fight him in May. He'd do the fight because he honestly doesn't care. He wants to fight. He wants to be the best in the world. He thinks he's the best in the world. Except that Oscar De La Hoya knows like, we're not stopping the money train. And this isn't how you make money. You take fights when you want to take them, when it's beneficial to you. And De La Hoya sees the big picture. Um, like we were talking about, if they fight, it'd be great. $10 million is nowhere near worth en- enough. I saw Timothy Bradley pocket four point five not too long ago. In, in a yeah, loss. but did he, also get, did he also get pay-per-view upside, too? He did. In, in his, he he yeah, had to have walked with around seven, eight mil against Pacquiao to lose. Yeah, um, people are saying, like, 50-50, like, I, I know Triple G should not, doesn't deserve 50-50, but if you go by, like, the, their standard, um, their standard pay-per-view sales, Canelo's really only averaging, what, around three 300,000 pay-per-views by himself as the A-side? Yeah. I mean, American maybe, like, 500, 500 max. Uh, so, and Triple G for his one pay-per-view against somebody that most don't know did around 150. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that it's not, I know it's not like a 50-50 uh, in terms of revenue share, but it should be like 70-30, 60-40 max. Yeah, 65-35, around that range, you know, just somewhere. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is, could they give, and I always wondered, and this is how, you know, they get the Bradley deals done and a lot of this stuff first, is that they give those guys a flat rate. So yeah. if they say, you know what, either you can take pay-per-view buys and everything and we'll see how that goes, or you can take this 15 mil and shut up, or you can take this 20 mil and that's all you get. But my fighter gets 
this guaranteed plus pay-per-view revenue as the A-side. If they did that and they could get it down to 60-40 with Triple G taking the guaranteed and Canelo taking the 60 guaranteed plus pay-per-view, it should even out to whatever they want the distribution to be. It could end up, you know, a, a deal that's 75-25 if it sells enough. Or it could end up a deal that's 65-35 at the end. So, it, right, it's, so, you're, you're, so you're you, thinking it should be like tiered, tiered based on the pay-per-view sales? Yeah, just one guy, yeah. you, Canelo is banking on his earning potential. So if, you know, say there's 100 million on the table, Triple G gets 40, Canelo gets 60 million, but Triple G is not making anything off of pay-per-view revenue. So you paid him four times the amount that you offered him originally, but you're giving Canelo 60 million and saying, you know what, Canelo, you can make more if the pay-per-view sells more. So Canelo, you're guaranteed 60, but you can walk away with 85. Now, 85 compared to Triple G's 40 looks a lot bigger. Because you sold. So now it goes from a 60-40 split to more of a, I don't know, 70-30 split. Yeah. When it's all said and done. I think that's how they should push these things with the A-sides. Yeah. yeah. They and, definitely should. And you don't know until afterwards. So you trick someone into signing a 60-40 deal, and they may end up signing an 80-20. You never know. Yeah, but but they have to have at least a minimum purse because the, the, don't they have to technically kind of register on their, like, the Nevada State or yeah, the uh, whatever athletic the commission, one is. But it's no different than the UFC. The commissions regulate yeah. guaranteed money. So fighting bonuses, pay-per-view points aren't regulated. UFC okay, pays a yeah. lot of those things under the table or off the books, off the record. Um, those are all background negotiations. As long as you can negotiate the guaranteed money, you can make the fight happen and get it passed through to the commission. So I think that's a loophole they should really visit in boxing of getting these fights made and something that helps UFC. So Nate Diaz has no clue what Conor McGregor makes in pay-per-view points. And Conor has no clue what Nate makes. So if Nate yeah. makes, you know, a 2% bump or Conor makes an 8% bump, they don't know that. Only thing they see is Conor makes a million dollars guaranteed and Nate made 700 guaranteed. In the end, Conor could walk away with 15 mil compared to Nate's 3 mil. But the two sides don't know until the numbers come back. So when you sign on the dotted line, it's like, okay, we're kind of even. But Connor knows he's nowhere near even to Nate. But Nate's people think like, okay, we're even enough. So it's the dynamic missing from boxing, I think. And that's to make these mega fights happen, I think that's what they're going to have to do. Um, before we get out of here, though, and I love the boxing talk. Once again, speak of my man, Tan. Tan... Do you think we see Mayweather again? Do you think he comes back? Yeah, I, I think we eventually see him back. I I, I wouldn't know who into because he did trademark um like TV fifty or something like that a few months ago. So tell me, it's, if you don't think it's against McGregor? something like that? Oh, no, I I don't think it's going to be McGregor. They both want to just put each other's name out there for more uh, publicity and stuff. I, I don't think they'll ever fight. Definitely not. And they <laughs> Do you think Floyd takes a contender? Because we, we see guys, you know, uh, Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, Sean Porter, guys who would give Mayweather a pretty good fight. Do you think he takes one of those guys, or do we get, like, the Cupcake Birdo type fight again? Um, I, I'm thinking more, if it's going to be somebody that, so it would be somebody that would 
suit his style more. So I could see maybe like a Danny Garcia type, even though he is a cha- a champion, but he's he's just more he's slower than than most of the, the other fighters you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I think he would be perfectly suited against for for Mayweather. No, I agree. That that's definitely a great matchup. Do you by any chance see Pacquiao going again? Because Pacquiao's coming up. We didn't even talk about that fight. He's coming up and he has a fight. Does this fight possibly set up a him and Mayweather rematch? Um, it could set it up. Uh, it just depends. Uh, since I don't really know the truth to uh what's going on with um with Manny's uh pay per view post post this upcoming fight since this one's distributed by uh top rank. I don't know what what's going on with his uh HBO contract still if it's still uh a, a legal contract or not. So if if it's if there's an issue with Showtime and HBO trying to put on another fight together, that might be an issue because it it would be an it'd be a I, I wouldn't even say a good fight, but it'd be another big fight. But it's going to be harder to sell. Who who's going to want to really see it again, and who's going to want to see it again for at least a hundred dollars? Yeah, I think they'd have to keep it at the sixty. Maybe expect to sell two million, but not too many people sell two million pay per views. So yeah. you know you don't got to hit the four point five. You can hit the two, and, and walk away sitting pretty. Uh, it's something that we definitely got to keep our eye on. Once again, I want to thank you for joining the show and just talking boxing. It's amazing wealth of knowledge. Let everyone know where they can find you, social media and all that stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at canv54, and that's basically the only uh, the only uh, social media I'll use. Definitely. We'll tag Tan and all of this stuff. Tan, thank you for coming through. Our next guest is on the phone and ready. Brandon, a.k.a. at BEPoet21. Brandon, what's up? Thanks for joining the podcast. Hey, glad to be joined with you, Gales. I know, I know. You were hyped to get on the show. I was hyped to have you. I was like, yo, we got to make this happen. I have one more spot left. And I was like, you know what? I was like, you know what? I could, I could rock with three guests for the podcast. That's what we did the first time for fan appreciation. But I was like, nah, nah. You hit up the Twitter. You're like, man, I really hope I get chosen. I was like, oh, I almost forget you. So I was like, this, this <laughs> has to happen. I was like, we're just going to have to have four. I don't care. We're used to two-hour podcasts anyway. I don't care. We had to get you on the show. You love everything. We love you. Always hit us up and let us know. And you wanted to come on and talk wrestling and MMA. So you know we had to have you on. Man, truly appreciate it, man. This is, man, this is wonderful. (laughs) Let's start with Sasha Banks. I got a problem. I was talking to someone earlier. I had to let them know the same thing. You know... We're cool mm. with all our listeners. Everyone's cool. We're tight. Corner club for life. But we're going to have problems if everyone keeps claiming Sasha Banks is bae. We know <laughs> that me and Sasha got this relationship going on, and we can't get to our full potential if everybody wants her as bae. There's plenty of other people. You can have Naomi. Ember mm-hmm. Moon is, Ember Moon is hot right now in NXT. There's plenty of people. Hey, I, that's my bay. <laughs> that's my bay right there. Thank you. You see, you could Ember Moon it is. I just need Sasha for myself, which is great. And now my bay has the belt. Ember Moon may be on her way to the NXT championship. But Sasha wins the belt again, but it's on Raw. Talked a little bit yeah. about it earlier. 
Does it downplay? Are they killing my bae by letting her only win on Raw? What's up with the pay-per-view wins? I don't, you know, I have to say it. Thing while I watched Raw that night, I was like, they letting Sasha win the women's title again on Raw? Like, why they couldn't wait for Hell in a Cell? Was that is coming up look what, in a couple of weeks? Yep, three weeks. Yeah. I'm like, why they couldn't wait for that? Why she had to win the title again on Raw? That's why I don't get it. It makes no sense to me either. Like, I'm just like, give her the main stage. And it's right. great. It's great for the women to, quote unquote, say they're headlining Raw. Like, it's a major deal. I mean, we saw, I, I think it was Kane versus Wyatt <laughs> headlining it like three months ago before the brand split. It's like, yo, headlining Raw isn't that incredible anymore. They've had some pretty bad headlining matches. Um, yes. But they wanted to throw the women a bone and make it a big deal again to headline Raw, like we're in the Attitude Era. It's not the same. And oh, man. After three hours of wrestling, half the people checked out and didn't even see it. Of course, because, shoot, they were bummed out from all the boring stuff they were pulling on early on Raw. Oh, man, it it's is like, rough. It was horror booking. That's what it was, horrible booking. <laughs> I'm like, you guys going to put a woman's match as a main event while other matches lacked. Yeah, you got to build. like You got to keep us interested throughout if you want the women's match to feel special at the end. And they didn't do it. They dropped the ball. Um, real quick, are you tired of the New Day? I, I'm not, but a lot of people have been asking me. Is, is it wearing thin? 400 days holding the belts can be tiresome. And then now it looks like they have another feud that's not really a challenge. I, I would say I love their gimmick. I mean, they should continue that. But as them as champions, I think it's time for them to drop them titles. It's about time. Because it, it, they've been holding it for over 400 days. Which I think they're gonna break that record. So as soon as they break that record, they should drop the titles. Yeah, it seems Honestly. like I think they break the record if they keep holding it December twelfth. It seems like it's time right after that because you're holding yeah. up teams like Enzo and Cass who don't have a real feud right now. No, they don't. Um, you're holding That's up the other. Te- I don't even know what other teams are in the division. Oh, Gallows and Anderson should have been taking taking the belts off of. They should have been. I thought SummerSlam, they should have took it from them. I'm like, wow, they going to let New Day still continue? <laughs> and then now Gallows and Anderson are going into a different program. They're beating up on random tag teams. I had to watch them versus the Golden Truth. Uh, uh, I'm like, wow, y'all wasting this team? Like, y'all post, post, post them up. I mean, they came from New Japan. They yeah. were dominating New Japan. Like, they supposed to be dominating the WWE. But it seems like they're going to treat them like they treat the Dudleys. Yeah. Don't give them a shot. It's <laughs> just horrible right now. Uh, there was, I mean, Jared KO is kind of, it's all right, but it's wearing thin mm-hmm. on me. Yeah, that whole Jared KO, uh, that, should, that should end. That should end pretty soon because right now Kevin Owens is like riding the mountaintop as the universal champion. And he could carry himself. Like, he doesn't need... Chris Jericho is a crutch. He doesn't need someone to help him cut promos and to talk. He's not Roman Reigns. He can talk mighty no. fine just by himself. Yes, and of course, the, the salts he put on when he talk about people is just perfect. Oh, and That's and, why he does not need, he don't need a sidekick. Yeah, no, not at all. And Rollins is great on the mic, doing some of the best mic work we've seen from him. And those two just oh, together yes. can carry 
the program by themselves. I don't know why there's so many different aspects involved right now. I don't know neither. I think WWE is like trying to do too much. Like they should take time on what they superstars know who got potential, which Rollins and Kevin Owens are their top two players right now on the mic skills. Yeah, and they got to ride it. Ride, ride the high hand. Ride, ride, just ride it. <laughs> Don't try to rush. Another thing they added to Raw, Cruiserweight Classic. Are you feeling the Cruiserweights? I definitely am feeling them. I mean, they, they bring in at least a, a little excitement during the middle card with the high-flying, especially TJ Perkins. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is, like, incredible. This, this kid, you don't know what to expect from him every night. Do some daredevil. Which is crazy. And that's what fans he was, love. Yeah, he was like the third or fourth best on the season. Because you have Kota Ibushi, you had Zack Sabre Jr., you have Cedric Alexander when he gets his chance. I oh, mean, yeah. as far as athleticism, man, they that guy might hold the belt until, you know, WWE signed someone like Ricochet or something. Because Alexander right. just stole the show in the Cruiserweight Classic. Mm-hmm. He definitely did. I thought he was going to win it all. But hey. And we haven't even seen a guy like Neville come through yet. They're building up all these cruiserweight guys, and we don't see the cruiserweights already on roster. Neville's not there. Kalisto was hurt, but he's on SmackDown. So what happened to the established cruiserweights you can put from your roster in there to have a storyline? It's it's weird what they're doing on Raw. Yes, it's very weird. It's like they're just throwing people in there and they say, hey, just be on our show. And we just do whatever we want to do with you. Sign me up right now for Neville versus TJ Perkins. I, I, oh, that would be Survivor Series, match. whatever. Oh, incredible high-flying match. All pace, tempo. Oh, it'd be so many moves yes. we don't even know names for. Of course. Because them, them guys will put their bodies on the line just to get the fans on their feet. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Flipping to the yes. other brand, SmackDown, pay-per-view coming up. We have No Mercy. Uh, I prefer watching Tuesdays than Mondays, just because SmackDown is shorter. It seems like they have smart storylines going on. Even if the people, the names aren't as big, it's okay. They know what they're doing. They know where they're going with stuff. So even like Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss, they get you involved. They give you a storyline. They hook you in, even with lesser teams or lesser people on the roster. This pay-per-view, like last month's, has, you know, the ability to come up and surprise people. Are you excited for this pay-per-view? If you are, which match are you looking forward to? How is it going down for you? I won't say I'm excited. I'm actually <laughs> looking forward to watching it this Sunday because it seems like it's a very interesting card. While I looked at it, I'm like, okay, we got Alexa Bliss versus Becky Lynch for the uh, women's title, which I got to say, Alexa Bliss, she's actually showing that she could prove herself that she could wrestle. Yeah, she's she's good on the mic. Her small, you know, her being just super small might hurt her a bit um, mm-hmm. in the ring. But it's cool as long as she sells it really well and plays that kind of like, oh, everything hurts me, but I'm tough enough to get up angle. She'll be fine. Yep. And uh, like I said, on the mic, I enjoy her work. She's gotten so much better. She has a star look to her. It's yes, just she does. If she can hold up physically and not get hurt and stand the test of time. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's a great first test. She didn't even get this test in NXT. She got no push. No, no none at all. And so, this is this is a moment. Oh, yeah. This is a moment. She should she's, take it. She's taking it. I mean, <laughs> listen, Nia Jax is over on Raw doing nothing. 
Oh God! Oh, Nia, Nia Jax! Oh no! <laughs> you know, she's doing. They wasted her. Yeah. So I mean, Alexa Bliss is making the most out of her opportunity. So that's going to be a great match. Yeah, uh, let's, she is. let's run down the card. Actually, we have Kurt Hawkins versus To Be Determined. I had to Google who mm. Kurt Hawkins was uh, <laughs> before he came on a podcast. No one cares about that. I'm assuming that's on either a dark match. Or it's I going think that's going to be a pre-show. pre-show that's going to be a pre-show match. We have Nikki Bella versus Carmella. That could be interesting. I mean, this rivalry has been going off since uh, what before the uh, first pay-per-view. Yeah. Of SmackDowns. So th- this going to be very interesting. Like I don't know who's going to win this match, but we're going definitely going to see Carmella try to short Nikki. Well, Total Divas debuted this week, so I know who's going to win this uh. match. <laughs> when the show, when the show is on television and every other commercial is about them, or excuse me, Total yeah. Bellas is not even Divas any Total Bellas debut. Total Bellas. So I expect Nikki to win. This kind of like a number one contenders match though. So I expect Nikki to go into it, it a program. Be. It'd be great if she was heel again, or even two faces. Just let them rock out. It doesn't always have to be face heel combination. Right. Then her versus Becky. Mix it up. Yeah. Let the let the people decide. Um. We have Heath Slater and Rhino versus the Usos. Hmm. The as much as I don't, I, I don't like these the Heath Slater and Rhino combination. I, I really want the Usos to actually win this title. I want to see how they are as heels. I like heel champions. Usos so far. You know, I, you know, even though I feel like they're banging on me, but outside <laughs> of that, I mean, it's cool. You know, just don't don't cr- do anything crazy in the ring. I don't need to see like a crip walk or anything in celebration. But no, no. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> uh, uh, no, right, they, they will do something crazy. Yeah, heel Usos seem good. Slater and Rhino are in the tag team. They're two guys who are thrown together. I said it earlier. I, I think it's kind of like uh, WrestleMania when we just saw Zack Ryder win the title and we're like, oh, Zack Ryder's the Intercontinental Champion? And then the belt was taken off him like that and he disappear- disappears. And I think right. this was Heath Slater's moment. They gave it to him. Rhino's a politician. He got other stuff to do. Election time's coming up. I think mm-hmm. it's their time to drop the belt, man. Usos is heels. Yeah. And plus, your next great tag team is just waiting there. And they're over-the-top baby faces in American Alpha. So. Oh, yes. American Alpha, yeah. Because they, they should be the ones going after the title. Exactly. The Usos already hurt them in the storyline. It's built in mm-hmm. for a title chase. So I think this is the time Slater and Rhino come up off the belts. Exactly. So that's my pick. Uh, we also have Jack Swagger versus Baron Corbin. Ugh. Uh, sleeper. Yep. <laughs> that's uh, a sleeper. But Corbin has to get some type of push. They're still pushing a big bad wolf gimmick. He's going to win. Yeah. Apollo Crews isn't even on the card. Maybe he fights Kurt Hawkins. I don't know. Uh, he'll probably lose again. But when you go from... Is when he you, on the brand? <laughs> yo, I'm telling you, you can't... He went got an IC title match. And then next thing you know, you look up and he can't even get on a pay-per-view on a brand split pay-per-view. Oh. Oh, it's horrible. Not at all. He needs to go back down to NXT or get repackaged. Something got to change. You can't be a smiling black man. I've said it a million times. Yeah, like Andreas said, like, sure, it's time for him to be the uh, the angry black man. It is, man. It is. You know what? He got to come out full Kaepernick. If I'm him, I, I don't even tell nobody. I walk out in a Kaepernick jersey. And just walk up, watch the Intercontinental Championship match, and take a knee. You're talking about mm-hmm. heat? Get some heat. Force them to exactly. use you in the storyline. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
what else do we have on the card though? We have the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. Title versus career. Is this the last we see of Ziggler? Yeah, that is a great question. Is this the last match that Dolph Ziggler is going to participate? I, I don't know because there was plenty of times that Dolph Ziggler should have won. But, you know, the Miz, he's always the escape artist. Always. He makes sure that, he makes sure that he's going to get the win. And Maurice so, is like the ace in his back pocket. I see Ziggler yes. losing. Um, I'm not sure if Ziggler has a movie coming up. But this would be a perfect time and way to get him to go. Just record another movie or something. No one is really, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's cool. Like, you just sneak out real quick and then bring him back and re- avenge his loss. And maybe get a contract on Raw. Say, you know, I retired from SmackDown, but I didn't retire from Raw. And just see him in two months right. come back to the Raw brand. Uh, he's going to be a jobber wherever he goes, so it's a great way to get a switch over, maybe bring Cesaro over to SmackDown or, or something like that in, in this whole thing. So I see Ziggler losing. Yeah, and I do away. too. And hey, Ziggler could do like Jack Swagger, just go to another brand. That's it, just bounce. Uh, we also have Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. They're burying my boy Bray, mm. and I see the burying continue. Orton lost to, uh, oh, man. What, to Brock, and he got busted open, and he took one for the team, yes. and he did the company a solid. I think now this is the okay, Randy. Here goes, here goes someone you can beat and just make a fool of. So I see Randy Orton mm. taking this. Yeah, me too. Because shoot, much I love Bray Wyatt. They screwing that man. Oh yeah, one of the best characters they've had in the WWE in years, and he's still young, twenty eight years old, twenty nine years old. Plenty mm-hmm. of time to turn around, but they're wasting it. Yeah, they are wasting him to the point where he might go say, I quit. <laughs> yeah, this like, man, you, this, this man supposed to be like the, the new Undertaker. Yeah, and they're just killing him. Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. has won two matches on television this entire year. And I don't remember the last time he won a pay-per-view. I mean, I think Oof. one of those wins are on a pay-per-view, maybe. It, it's horrible what they're doing to Bray Wyatt and how they're burying him. And his gimmick still stays alive and fresh, and there's still the fireflies yes. and everything, but he has to win to be feared, and they're not letting him win enough. And the brand split was supposed to remedy that. There's yep, enough man, people here for him it. to beat, and they're not letting him beat anyone. And nope. then main event, AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose versus John Cena. Ooh, now this is the match I'm actually eager to watch because I love AJ Styles. I love AJ Styles since TNA. The man is incredible, and his character on WWE is perfect. I love it, and I want him to win that match. Yeah, I, I see him winning too. Like you know, it's not time for Cena to break the record. He's really not going to break the record on just a random ass pay per view. No, um, like no mercy. Ambrose had his run, and I'm an Ambrose fan more so than others. But he just had the belt all summer, so I think this. Yeah, is a he perfect, sure has. Yeah, it's perfect in a way. quick way. Yeah, he carried the company. It's cool. He did what he had to do. He did something that all fans wanted, whether they want to admit it or not, and he took the belt off of Roman Reigns. So for that, we are all appreciative. Yeah, <laughs> we're happy. Yeah, he he could <laughs> he damn near wrestler of the year if it wasn't for Matt Hardy just off of that. He took the belt off of Reigns. Thank you. And now it's time for him, you know, to take the pin, keep Cena strong, and have AJ Styles go on. Uh, maybe into a program with Randy Orton or, you know, shake stuff up. Bray Wyatt versus yeah. Ambrose again or 
Wyatt versus Cena again, that, which is one of my favorite feuds of the past couple years. Something. Oh, um, yeah, something. Or have Bray beat up on a Baron Corbin or one of these guys. Bray needs wins. Everything needs, everything needs yes. to be shaken up. I feel like we've had these same storylines pretty much the entire time during this brand yeah, split for SmackDown. It, 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 it's, it's time for, like, to switch it up. It's time to bring some drama into the whole storylines. Like, do something different. Not to say ordinary. Exactly. So... Because you're losing interest. You, you're having the fans lose interest in watching the brands. Yeah. You, you can't make it stale. That's why you broke stuff up so it wouldn't be stale. Everyone gets a chance to shine. Shuffle the deck and make sure everyone has that chance. And uh, But we're both going with AJ Styles for this. So that was wrestling. Yeah. Before we get out of here, though, we have some UFC to talk about. Because that was the other thing we wanted to talk. Today... Right when we were recording this, right before it happened, Daniel Cormier versus Rumble Johnson was booked for UFC 206 in Canada. Mm, yeah, yes, I, I read that. I'm like, oh, okay. Do you think this Johnson's goes differently? Getting the revenge. Yeah, do you think this goes differently? Do you think uh, Rumble takes the belt? I think Rumble's going to take this belt because he's more hungry than DC. Because when the last time DC been uh, out the gun, I think like, what, four months ago? Yeah, it's been Something a while. like that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, been UFC a while. 200, and, right? Yeah. Versus Anderson well, Silva, yeah. and that wasn't really a fight. No, it wasn't. That was not a good fight. So, and Rumble, he's ready. He's been ready. And this has probably been on his mind ever since, you know, he challenged DC for this title, and he's getting his time. I think he's going to win this one. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick against DC, and I'm glad I don't have to pick this second. Because um, DC has <laughs> only lost to John Jones, the best fighter ever. So it's like, yeah. I thought Rumble was going to knock DC out the first time. And DC took him down, grinded him out. He survived the knockout blow uh, and then showed that his wrestling skills are just top notch. So it, it's a tough yeah. fight to predict. We have 205 with Conor McGregor. That's Ooh. going to be incredible. MSG, McGregor versus Alvarez. Early prediction, who do you have winning that? I got McGregor winning this because he's, he's determined. He is ready for this. I think he got Alvarez scared right now. I think so, too. Alvarez is biting his lip at the press conference. Yes. Try, he was trying a little too hard to keep up with the trash talk. It's like, come on, man. It's not what you do. He's better off just right. staying quiet. Exactly. And, of course, this is not his field. This is a big pay-per-view. This is not his field. No, he, that's he went from FS1. That's why he biting his lip. Yep, FS1 <laughs> on a Thursday to pay-per-view and MSG real quick. And life's about mm-hmm. to come at him fast. Uh, <laughs> and McGregor is just going to beat him down, collect his check, and get some more tailor-made suits. Yeah. Uh, the other pay-per-view main event we'll talk about before we get out of here is just coming up this weekend. UFC 204, Four. B- Bisping versus Hendo. Do you see Hendo landing the Miracle H-bomb? Hmm. It's tough to tell. I don't, I it's don't hard know. to pick a forty-five-year-old to be champ, right? Because let's see, the last time they fought that was whew, two thousand, almost ten years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, six, <laughs> I think two thousand nine, two thousand ten was the fight. Yeah, and I don't know if we're gonna see the same results from that fight because it's been so long ago. So I, I don't know. I still I have, got a feeling that I have had I, no I getting feel- tossed around in my memory by DC like a rag doll. 
Hey, I got a feeling Ben Spin going to win this. He better. I don't know what out of what I I would say probably out of decision. That's that's the least I could think of the decision. I think it's gonna go out of five rounds. Okay. Well, uh, I don't think it goes five rounds. I'll make my official prediction now. I think Bisping <laughs> knocks out Henderson. Uh, Hendo was almost finished in his last fight in the first round, survived, and then came back and landed a miracle knockout with an elbow, a head kick elbow combination. Yeah. Uh, Bisping doesn't have the heaviest of hands, but I think he has enough. I think he showed it to win the title, and I think uh, Henderson just doesn't deserve a title shot right now. This is like... You've done so much for the company. We'll give you a flyer, but this is a cupcake fight. For any true champion, Hendo at uh-huh. 45 years old is a cupcake fight. No disrespect to him. So if Bisping gets knocked out, he was really you know, a flash in a pan, lucky knockout. Because whoever gets to him next is taking the title off him anyway. And I believe in that. Right. I, I think you know if Rocco gets a rematch, Rocco's taking the belt off him. If Weidman gets the shot, Weidman's beating him easily. Mm-hmm. So no. Bisping gets one shot to look like a champion. It's in his backyard. It's the only time he has this opportunity. That's why it's in London because they know, like, you know what? If we make him fight three more times before we go there, he ain't gonna have the belt. So we got to do no. it right now. Um, right now, before it's too late. Yeah. So that that's what I see. I see him with the knockout though, because it seems like title fights have all been knockouts lately. So got to stay with yes. the trends. Picking that as a knockout. Thank you once again for joining us, though. I mean, man, been waiting to talk to you all day. You were the last interview or guest we had on the show today, so it was great. Great energy. Make sure you drop all your stuff so the people know where to find you on social media. Everybody, you can follow me on Twitter at BEPoet21. You can follow me on Instagram and Snapchat under BeSoShy. That's all together. And uh, you can also friend me on Facebook at BeFamous. All right. Be famous in the crib. Thank you for coming yes, through. Indeed. Thank all you guys for listening to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Thanks everyone who was a guest today. Fan appreciation. One of my favorite shows to do every year. Our last fan appreciation was actually this very week last year. So I guess it's becoming a trend to do it the first week of October. So make sure you guys keep your ears open for that. Like I told you, Andreas will be back next week. We're going to chop it up. We're going to review UFC 204, No Mercy, preview some boxing stuff. MMA and wrestling coming up in the following week. It's nice to get back to normal. Thank you guys for listening, but for right now, we're out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.